that was my first true HRIS. And I'd never worked with learning management before. I'd never worked in HR before. So it was a learning experience for me. But since then, I've grown in responsibility and different systems that I've worked with, gotten a lot of experience doing data analytics, people analytics, and system support. And I just love that blending of technology and people. Don't conduct your analysis in isolation because data is so incredibly powerful. Not defending just the tribe, but defending the organization. Those creative people that you really want to keep empowered, keep excited, keep motivated, keep thinking. A good experience pays dividends down the line. Stereotypes tend to break down in proximity. Welcome to We're Only Human, a podcast about human resources, business, technology, and the workplace. My name is Ben Eubanks, your host, and I'm so glad you're here. Hey everyone, welcome to We're Only Human. I'm Ben Eubanks, your host. Really glad to be here with you and looking forward to another fun episode. If you know me or the work I do day to day, one of the big things that I focus on is HR technology, how it's changing the space, how we can use this to create better relationships with our people, how we can use it to offload some of the stuff that we honestly don't want to be doing anymore so we can focus more time on working with our stakeholders and really proving the value of the work we're doing. And so today I'm excited to dive into the big picture around that, talk to someone who's actually doing this day-to-day in their role, really understand what's happening in that world. And I can't wait because he's going to give some good advice for anyone that's curious about that, wants to know more and all that good stuff. So Tim, welcome to the show. Glad to have you. Thanks, Ben. I appreciate the opportunity. Absolutely. So you spend your days as a HR, what's your actual title, Tim? My title is Director of HR Technology. Director of HR Technology. You're also the HR Tech Wizard if you want to follow you on LinkedIn. <laughs> so that's the brand right there. You can follow that one quickly and easily. It's easy to remember. But Tim Whitley, you're here with me. Talk a little more about who you are and what you do before we dive into the conversation today. Yeah. So I've been working in HR tech space for about 10 years now. A lot of people, it's something I fell into. I don't think there's anybody out there that woke up and said, when I grow up, I want to be an HR tech, HRIS person. <laughs> So I, I had background actually in social work, counseling, nonprofit, and then got into IT and then ended up working in an HRIS role, implementing a learning management system. That was my first true HRIS. And I'd never worked with learning management before. I'd never worked in HR before. So it was a learning experience for me. But since then, I've grown in responsibility and different systems that I've worked with, gotten a lot of experience doing data analytics, people analytics, and system support. And I just love that blending of technology and people as we come into all this buzz around AI and and the future of work and everything. I think that our profession is in a unique space to embrace that, to make it work for the organization. There's all this fear about AI take over, will we lose all of our jobs? And I don't think so, at least not not for a while, but... But this time, being the people that work with both the HR side and working in, in technology, we have that unique perspective and that unique opportunity to channel that in the right direction. I was going to go further into this. I want to I pause for a second and take a step back because I think anyone listening to this that's working in HR may think, wait a minute, did he say he went from social work to IT? Hold on a second. <laughs> what in, that is the strangest <laughs> leap that anyone's ever heard of. And I'd love for you to go back to that piece because... I think the IT piece probably sets you up to be more comfortable when someone's like, hey, here's an LMS. Can you put mm-hmm. this? In? I can probably do that. I know IT, I can handle that piece of it. And for right. anyone who doesn't have that skill or that strength right now, mm-hmm. that might be a part that that makes him a little bit nervous. So talk about that transition into IT. Did you have any specific background or something else? Or you just said, 
hey, throw me in. I'll put me in, coach. I'm, I'm ready to play. I'll figure this stuff out. Like, how did you get that transition, essentially? I actually was working at Quick Trip, which you may have heard of their big gas convenience store. They're based here in Oklahoma and Tulsa. I was actually working in one of the stores as an assistant manager. So I worked this really strange shift schedule where I worked two overnights, two early mornings and one afternoon shift. And I did that for about a year and was just over it. (laughs) So they actually had a position come open in their corporate office doing support, just frontline. A lot of it actually was really more store support, scheduling employees, directing them where to go, and then providing some IT support. So I was doing that. Actually, it was a part-time. I was also going back and getting my MBA at Oklahoma State University. I was doing both of those things at the same time and was there for about three years, finished my MBA. And then just starting from that entry-level desktop support, got more experience doing the IT, then transitioned into operations analyst type roles, working for a small company. They were a recruiting company, doing a lot of IT stuff for them, but just whatever. It was like a 15 employee company. So I was just doing whatever needed to be done and worked with their recruiting system a little bit. When I got the next job, I think maybe they saw that and were like, he's got enough experience. I don't know. I, I am so grateful by boss Anita that hired me into that role. I'm so grateful to her to this day for hiring me into that HRIS role. Because I'm like, looking back, I'm like, I don't know if I was qualified, but she saw something and, and it really ended up being a great fit. I don't know if you've seen the movie, The Pursuit of Happiness with Will Smith. Okay, yeah. he comes into this this interview in, in an investment bank, and he's wearing a like a ragged sleeveless t shirt and everything. He had just had some trouble, some legal trouble, and just shows up right. there. I didn't have time to go home and change. And the guy says, "What would you say if I hired someone wearing a shirt like you're wearing? He must have been wearing some really nice pants. Like <laughs> that's all <laughs> he could come up with. That's all I think. Like she may have seen something in you that you didn't even right. see in yourself yet. That said, like oh. this patchwork of other things you put together." We're just going to make you really well suited to this, whether it was being at the recruiting company, doing this kind of thing, whether it was anyone listening and that's in the HR space is like counseling, like social work. That's a pretty close cousin to some of the things we have to do day to day with counseling employees and stuff. So you had a lot of those interesting pieces. Okay. I want to understand that part because for anyone that says, I'm curious about this path Tim took, and I might be interested in going that direction myself and more deeply into the HR tech side, I wanted to understand a little more about where that transition to come from. So thank you for obliging that. Yeah, yeah. So you mentioned one other thing as you were talking through some of your more recent work where you mentioned a lot of analytics, a lot of data. And mm-hmm. I'm curious, do you think the HRIS sort of role, does that also end up making you a little bit of a, an amateur or a, whatever, also an analytics sort of SME within the business as well, just because you have to have your hands in the data, you have to know how to get it out of the systems, those kind of things. Do you think those things go hand in hand? Or for you, was that more of a natural inclination? Like, I love the data and I'm going to make that part of this role, whether it is part or not. Which one of those is it? I think it's probably both. I think for me, I had an inclination towards it. I never worked with data or anything, but as part of my MBA, I took some marketing analytics classes and I know she has a really strong marketing analytics program. And I really fell in love with it using tools like Jump and SAS. I just seen, I don't know, it's like it just unlocked a part of my brain that I didn't know existed. Mm. And so when I moved into an HRIS role, there was some reporting that came along with that. We were doing a monthly headcount report and monthly turnover report. But I was able, I think, to draw on that 
educational experience of that passion. And we started doing more engagement surveys and really diving into like our turnover data, like where are we seeing turnover and, and are there other things that are tying into it from the surveys or even business operational data, like how it's affecting absenteeism or productivity. So I think there's both. I think a lot more HR groups are starting to go into the analytics space, whether it's voluntarily or not, or leaders are asking for that information. Yes. You know, They want to know where turnover is happening, how it's affecting their business outcomes. And so I think people are getting pulled into that. But I think there's some natural, there's going to be people that have a more of a bent towards that. And no, I think it's a lot of it's curiosity, asking questions, not being satisfied with the first thing, like really wanting to dive deep into a why that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. That's why I was asking that because I think I'm naturally drawn that way. That's just how my brain is wired. The very first HR job I ever had, I had never had a real, I guess in college, I'd had some classes on analytics or on stats and stuff, but right. no one said, hey, sit down, plug in all this data from the last five years of turnover and then look for trends in that. But I knew turnover was a problem for the business and it was mm-hmm. driving me crazy. Like I was sitting right. there every day processing <laughs> new hires, processing terminations, right. and sometimes mm-hmm. the same person's paperwork in the same day. It was just yes. a madhouse. Uh-huh. We've got to figure this out. And so I started right. looking at the data for, like you were saying, what trends are there in there? What sort mm-hmm. of, where can we spotlight something that might help someone to make a better decision? All that stuff. That's how I'm drawn. But other people would say, well, that sounds terrible. I don't want to touch that. So <laughs> that's what I understand because I like your point there that some people are volunteering for it, saying, I'm interested in this. Okay. And like I was like you were. Some mm-hmm. people are being voluntold <laughs> by their leadership <laughs> to get into it and have to start sharpening their skills there, getting more right. competent in it. Mm-hmm. But either way, the end result is once you have those things, you can start looking at it, making better decisions and seeing things you can't see without having some actual numbers in front of you. So one of the things I wanted to ask you about is I don't need any names of any vendors necessarily, but how big is your HR tech stack? You had mentioned like an LMS implementation earlier. Do y'all have like 15 different systems? Is it just two or three kind of consolidated? What does that look like overall? It's like the strategy for that. It's pretty big right now. Not as bad as I've seen it some places, but we have a core HR system. We have a separate system for talent, like recruiting, learning, and performance. And then we have a separate system for onboarding. We have an employee relations system, an ethics system. So it is all over the place. I've seen there's places that they have a separate recruiting system, a separate learning system. Mm -hmm. system. And then you have all these add-ons, employee communications or recruiting tools and things. So there is a lot out there. And I think that's pretty common. Yes, absolutely. That's why I just wanted to understand that a little bit because I know everybody listening probably has their own setup a little bit and some love Mm -hmm. it. Like this, we've got it like we like it. Some people are completely hating it, not thrilled where right. it is and want to figure out a better way to do it. So I'm asking those, I was like asking those questions to see how things are set up. So one of the things I want to get your take on is my perspective on the role of the HR professional and how it's evolving and changing over time is more and more of that is being influenced by technology. More and more of the work we're doing is going to require us to actually partner with and use technology to get it done. I look right. at kind of marketing. If you're still marketing using the newspaper, right, you're in trouble. <laughs> Right. More of them are using digital tools, thinking about how they can communicate, thinking about using the data for smarter decision-making. And the same thing's happening in HR. That's my right. take on that anyway. What's your thought there? Because this is going to set up the next question. I think I have an idea of where you're going to go with this, but what's your take there on how big of a share of the HR role is going to require them to touch or use some kind of technology going forward? Yeah, I think it's getting to the point where it's a necessity to have some of that experience. And we hear a lot of people talking about 
employees now, as consumers, we have certain expectations. Like when we go on Amazon or whatever, we expect things to function a certain way when we're purchasing it. I think that's translating into HR where people are, I expect to be able to go out and see my paycheck or enter leave or request time off. Yeah. I'm waving yeah. my phone for everyone out there in podcast land. I'm waving my phone at Tim in the screen here so he can, that's what he laughed about. <laughs> Do those things on the device. Sorry, go ahead. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that's an expectation. And I think people are no longer satisfied with that's in this system or that's in that system. You're like, why isn't it all in one place where I can get to it? They have that expectation. But at the same time, I think there's a tendency to over-rely on technology to see it as an answer to a problem that doesn't really exist, or it's not the true solution to a problem. Something I've seen a lot is performance. A lot of companies had these paper-based annual reviews, and then they want to move to an electronic system. So they buy something, and they say, okay, we'll make this paper into electronic. And then they're like, now we have a digital electronic performance review system. And there's some administrative time savings in that HR people aren't going having to go and collect these paper forms, put them into a file. Then when somebody wants to see them, pull them all out. And But really from the employee side, the process of performance review hasn't changed. It's still a once a year, check the box type activity, maybe tied to their pay review, maybe not, but it doesn't really fix the problem of poor performance review processes. So I think that technology can be part of a solution, but it's got to be a holistic process chain. I think for there's you go on LinkedIn, you'll see all kinds of opinions about how performance reviews should be done. But I think everybody agrees that the old once a year performance review just isn't cutting it anymore. So whether you want to do continuous performance review, quarterly reviews, 360, whatever, the systems make that easier. It'd be really hard to do a continuous performance review of every time you're doing it, you're having to write it down on paper and put it in somebody's file. A system makes that a lot easier that I can go and I could do a weekly check-in with my people online. And I could go at the end of the year and look at all of those. Like that's super easy with technology, but it's got to be something that comes from the culture and it's got to have that structural framework around it to make it work. I like that example because putting technology on top of something that is already broken, is already something people hate. You're more efficient <laughs> at doing something people hate. And none of us... Right, exactly. Yeah. Uh, it's like, we can now get to the dentist even faster. No, like, we don't want that. <laughs> Let's slow that down. We don't want to do this. I remember right. the first time... I had the same conversation, by the way. If we take technology out of this completely, I had the same conversation with our leadership team where they said, hey, you know, I met this leader. They were telling us that they do these four times a year. Maybe we should right. do these four times a year. I said, wait a minute. If our managers already hate it once, why are you going to tell them, hey, this thing that you hate so much, we're going to make you do it even more often? No, right. we need to change the perspective on this and say, this isn't about just completing other forms. HR made us do it. No, it's how do we get the best out of our people? How do we make right. sure they're more valuable tomorrow than they are today? Suddenly, that changes the conversation. And right. guess what? As you pointed out there, Tim, using the technology there, suddenly you can start seeing the bigger picture of, hey, right. these are people who are like we think they should be performing really well, but they're not. Mm -hmm. What's going on here? And these right. are the ones that are like knocking out of the park. Are we making sure we're retaining them? Are we paying them appropriately? Are we giving them the opportunities to grow? Are we giving them right. leadership exposure? Like really giving you some ideas what's going on there. You mentioned the administrative savings, the time savings. And right. that was, okay, I'll admit that right here. I've probably admitted it on a stage before somewhere, but I tried to get us to buy a performance tool when I was in HR for the first time I ever pitched something that was my sales pitch. And they right. didn't laugh at me, thankfully. They probably should have. But my leadership <laughs> team was like, 
big fat no, not happening. Right. And at first I was like, I can't understand why that. Oh, maybe I should have positioned it from the benefit of the employees with the benefit right. of them, mm-hmm. not just perhaps going to help me out as the HR right. person. So <laughs> I learned a lesson the hard way. All right. So I'm having so much fun here. I want to ask you for some advice. Let's say we have people listening in right now. They're in a, maybe they're earlier in their career or they're in an HR role and they're feeling a little bit stagnant or they're really curious about this sort of data, this technology bent to the conversation. And they said, I would like to explore that a little bit. Right. What recommendations, what advice would you have for someone that's interested in going down that path that Tim's gone down and talking about you, like you're not here, (laughs) you've gone down. They want to follow that path. What recommendations or advice would you give them to start exploring that without having to go all in? I've got to go take these 15 classes and right. like that's a big commitment just to start testing the waters a little bit. Obviously, they can go deeper the more they learn, the more they are interested in it. But how should they start? Yeah, that's a good question. And I came into it from a different background, but I've met over the last couple of months, I've met several people who transitioned into HR tech through the HR. They were like an HR generalist or consultant. And- for different reasons, got pushed into more of an HRIS, HR tech role. I think there's a lot of opportunity now to explore those tools because they're all around. Like every company, unless you're just a really small, you're probably using some kind of HR tool, whether it's for payroll or just core kind of HR record management, learning, performance. I think there's a lot of opportunities. I know as an HRIS person, I loved when the HR consultants would come and they would want to see how our systems worked or they ask questions. And so I think that's whether you have an HRIS or you have a TP person that supports your HR function, I think building those relationships. I had a friend at my last company, Shayla, and we're still good friends. And she was an HR consultant. And that's where this HR tech wizard came from because she would call me that. Oh, like, you're like a wizard because you'd you know have a question and I could make something work in Excel or I could do something in the system that she wanted to change. But I think those relationships, that's where it starts. I was going to say that obviously it's weird for you to say, hey, go check out hrtechwizard.com. But you actually pulled together some things and mm-hmm. I enjoy reading there even though I'm already interested in the space, but there are tips, you share advice, that things mm-hmm. like that. There are people just like you that are out there that are sharing insights on that. So someone that wants to go deeper there, that gives them a path to run on ideas. And, oh, I never mm-hmm. thought about that. I, right. Goodness, I didn't know that was part of this or whatever else. But you also have a download that you put together that people can go and get, correct? Yes. HRTechWizard.com slash download. I put together five things that I wish I would have done when I started in HRIS. Things like learning, spending time in the business, spending time with HR people. And then I focus on 10 skills that I think are really valuable. And especially now, I think that with a lot of this hype around AI and mm-hmm. everybody's just like losing their minds about what AI is going to do. But I think at the end of the day, it's still a technology and there's still kind of fundamentals that go along with implementing a technology well and making a change well. And so there's things like I put in there like project management and business process improvement, change management, like Mm. knowing how to successfully execute a system into an organization. I don't think that's going to change regardless of what technology you're using. There are people (laughs) in the mix, right? You can't just turn the switch on and say, all right, we're good to go. Yeah. I remember going to the very first payroll changeover we ever had. And it was, I severely underestimated how much work there was going to be running in parallel for a little while to make sure everything was right. Everything else. It's not like recruiting where you're like, okay, you know what? I can go and search the resume database if something you know right. goes wrong or whatever. Like with payroll, it's 
if it goes wrong and we don't have something else ready to go, then this is going to be really bad. We're not cutting paper right. checks and sending Ben out to the four corners of the earth <laughs> to hand these things out. We're going to figure another way to make this work. Excellent. That was really good, though. I like that. I love that you've not just said, hey, here's the lessons that I wish I would have learned at the beginning, but also the specific skills. So someone that wants yeah. to pursue this, wants to go deeper there, can get all that good stuff. And again, that's I'll make sure the links in the show notes, hrtechwizard.com slash download. Yeah. Tim, this has been a ton of fun. I've learned some good things myself. I've enjoyed this so much. And I look forward to, at some point, meeting you in person. Yeah, I would love that. All right. Good stuff. Are you good if I put your LinkedIn link as well into the show notes so people can reach out to you there? Yeah, absolutely. For sure. I would love, yeah, definitely open to connecting and meeting people. I've got some other projects that I'm working on too that I'm excited about. All right. Awesome. Thank you again, Tim, for joining me. Thank you to everybody else out there for hanging with us today. If you're curious about this, I'll make sure the links are in the show notes for you to go check out and learn a little more. And as you've heard Tim say, be a little more curious, ask a little more questions. Technology is not the answer to everything, but it can help us to solve some big problems that we can't do with raw human power alone. Thanks, everybody. And we'll catch you next time on We Are Only Human. Thank you so much for joining me on the show today. I'm honored to have you as a listener. If you enjoyed this episode, please take 10 seconds to rate it at iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to your podcast. Also, if you know a friend that could benefit from today's conversation, please pass it their way. After all, a rising tide lifts all ships. To see show notes, sponsor information, and our full show archives, visit OnlyHumanShow.com.